Hello, everybody. Andrew Gomison here with the Speaking for Him podcast. I'm super excited that you've decided to take time out of your day to join us. I know there's a lot of different uh, forms of content that vie for your attention, so it really is a big deal to me that you take the time to listen. If you are blessed by what you are hearing on the Speaking for Him podcast, could you um, leave me a review on iTunes or just send me an email with the contact information that will roll at the end of the show, I would really appreciate hearing from you, and it would just be a big encouragement to me going forward on this podcast. Uh, today we're going to continue our journey through the five solas, and we're going to talk about sola fide, in other words, by faith alone. And I'm very excited to share with you about that important topic as we continue to get back to basics in our understanding and comprehension of the Bible, but before we do that, I want to talk to you about what is going on. And the first clip uh, that I want to share with you is one that I found from Steve Hartman's On the Road segment on CBS News, and I've shared a clip of his before. Uh, he really does some, you know, very good uh, human interest, feel-good stories, and this one just wrecked me. I have listened to and or watched this clip many times, and I, th- I have a feeling it's going to be a clip that if I run across it in the future, I'm going to always stop and watch it because it meant that much to me, and... So I'm really excited to share this with you. This is the story of how Emily and Blue helped a little girl named Raylan deal with the grief of losing her father. Maybe it's fate, but sometimes the right person comes into your life just when you need them the most. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road. According to her mother, Lacey, Six-year-old Raylynn Nast of Fort Smith, Arkansas, has always been a daddy's girl. She was very proud of her dad. She always wanted to introduce her dad to just about anybody. Until a couple weeks ago, when her father, Davey, died of colon cancer. He was just 41, and Raylynn was just devastated. It was a cry that was pure heartbreak. Enter Emily Bynaman, who happened to be jogging with her dog, Blue, the day of the visitation. She was running past the funeral home when all of a sudden she heard a tiny voice call out from the chapel steps. She was like, may I pet your puppy? And I was like, yeah, like, of course, like, as long as your parents don't mind. That's what you said to her? Yeah. Not knowing? Not knowing, yeah. Raylynn explained that her dad was lying inside, gave Blue a huge hug, and then gave Emily a stunning invitation. I asked her if she wanted to come in and see my dad. That's right. This still proud daughter invited that random jogger to meet her father. Emily was hardly dressed for a funeral, and she knew just walking in the door would cause a scene. But she also knew this was the last time that little girl would be able to introduce her daddy to anyone. So she followed her gut and followed Raylynn down the aisle. Everyone was kind of looking around like, where did she come from? And she came in 
right next to Ray, like they'd known each other for so long. There was that connection there. How could two people bond so quickly? She helps me feel better. Ray Lynn says it should be no mystery. By her kindness. Ray Lynn and Emily got together again this week and planned to stay friends forever. Sweet. Of course, no one will ever replace her dad. But Ray Lynn is clearly on the path to a better place. Yes. Thanks to the kindness of a stranger. Oh, those are good kisses. And the healing power of a warm puppy. Steve Hartman on the road in Fort Smith, Arkansas. I have two things that I want to say quickly about this particular story. First of all, it convicted me that it doesn't take much to reach out to people and to be compassionate. Uh, This was a situation where a lady was out jogging and this, this girl reached out and really needed someone on that day. And uh, she was open to that. She was willing to be that person. She was willing to get out of her comfort zone and actually go into the funeral home and see Raylan's dad. Even though it was a very unorthodox situation, she's dressed as a jogger, she's clearly not ready for a funeral, but she met a need where it was. And watching that interview and seeing her response to Raylan and the way that she interacted with Steve Hartman, I was just like, that just seems like that's the kind of person that she is. And and it's the kind of person that we all should aspire to be. And I really want to give uplifting stories here on the podcast. And so I really wanted to share that with you. The second thing I wanted to point out is how, when you reach out in compassion to somebody, you never know what will happen. And I thought it was interesting in the story. They said that they had agreed to be friends forever. And I just think about my own life and think about the way God has placed friends in my life. And, you know, when I started my journey at uh, WJQ, which is now Joy 99, uh, doing morning show segments, I didn't know how important Chris and Emily Danielson would become to me. We haven't spoken as much lately because we're both busy kind of with our own thing, but they mean a lot to me. They are uh, very instrumental in having started me on this radio slash podcasting journey, um, and it's been exciting for me to watch them join me in the world of podcasting and uh, just something that, I never saw happening uh, before that day in August of 2011 when I went in to record with them for Devotions in Motion. And then also my good friend Adam McNutt, uh, who I count as one of my best friends, um, he and I just clicked right away. And sometimes you, you have those friends that do that and you feel like you've been friends for years even though it's been a very short time. And to be perfectly candid, one of the things I most appreciate about Adam is the fact that he was willing 
to face some of the most difficult aspects of my challenges and limitations basically right off the bat. There was never any inkling of discomfort with any of that. He's driven me in my van. He's helped me with personal needs. And I have no qualms about asking because he's always very gracious about that. So I just say all this to say that you never know when someone that you run into and follow God's prompting to share kindness with them. You never know how they might change your life, not just for that moment in time, but for forever. This week I saw a very encouraging story come out of the Olympic trials. Um, I'm getting really excited about the Olympics. I've pulled back in my watching of sports because of some of the politicizing that has been going on, uh, but I have to admit that I really appreciate the Olympics. I enjoy the lead-up to it every four years. I was bummed when it didn't happen in 2020. I'm excited about 2021. You know that recently I shared with you the story about Gwen Berry, who turned her back on the American flag during the national anthem. And so I thought it would be neat to share this contrasting story about Sydney McLaughlin, who is a hurdles star in USA track and field. She won first place in the Olympic trials. She set a world record in her event of under 52 seconds. She's the first woman to ever run this in under 52 seconds. And, but the fact that she ran it that way, the fact that she set the world record is not the most impressive thing. Um, the most impressive thing is that the respect that she shows for her toughest competitor, they clearly respect and appreciate one another. Even as they compete on the track, it's clear that they have uh, an affection for each other off the track. And then when she's asked about what is the key to her success, she mentions two things, family and God. Meet Sydney, Sydney McLaughlin, Sydney McLaughlin. Remember that name? She is a standout world record holder in the 400 meter hurdles. She's an Olympian. She's going to the Olympics. She has destroyed the world record in the 400 meter hurdles in her qualifying race. We're going to play you that clip right now. And you've got to see the way she reacts afterwards. She's a Christian. She's an American. She's so gracious. And she says, hey, all credit goes to God. All credit goes to my family. She gets emotional watching a clip of her mother, and she says that God just told her to focus on him during the race. It's so amazing to watch an athlete at the top of their game say, no, it's not about me. No, it's not about me. It's about the people who got me here, and it's about my faith, and it's about the strength that I have through God to perform. Check this clip out. It will warm your heart. And look at Shamir Little come on the inside. Got a little off balance there. This is Sydney McLaughlin challenging Dunlilla Muhammad. Sydney McLaughlin gets ahead of the world champion and the Olympic champion. Sydney's time is now. And what does that time look like? 52, 51 0. That's a new world record. The first woman ever under 52 seconds flat. We had an inkling it was coming, Sonia. 
Sydney, you're looking at yourself in disbelief. Just take us back to the moment, crossing the line and seeing that world record time. All the glory to God. Honestly, this season, just working with my new coach and just my new support system is truly just faith and trusting the process. And I, I couldn't ask for anything more. And truly, it is just all a gift from God. It's amazing that this was just your fourth 400 hurdle race throughout the season. But yeah. Bobby Kersey had you running short hurdles with different legs, kind of building you up. How is it that everything came together in such a perfect way here tonight? Trusting the process. A lot of things you really can't see coming. Um, but just having, you know, that, that childlike faith and trusting that everything's going to work out. Bobby's really good at that, and I'm really happy I, I, I chose to go with him. Yeah, you thought your reaction was something. You should have seen your mom. She was super excited imagine. to see you run and to see that moment. I think they were all surprised yeah. to have them here and to see them react to it. And there it is. She's like, yes, you did it. What about that? Priceless. I couldn't ask for anything more. So Sydney McLaughlin is someone to watch when the Olympics kick off on July 23rd. I'm pulling for you, Sydney. I'm proud of you, and I'm glad that you are representing America. And I'm very excited to learn more about her. And as I said, if you watch the video, which I will provide at my blog, speakingforhim.blogspot.com, so you'll want to get on there and check out the blog post for this episode. If you watch the video, you will see how humbled and how gracious she is in victory. And that is really what we need in all aspects of life. God gives us opportunities and platforms for success, but they are not for our glory. They are for his. And I'm just so glad that there are people like Sydney McLaughlin in sport that still want to give glory and praise to, to God. I think it was Eric Little um, that said, when I run, I feel God's power. And he would, of course, later go on to be a missionary in China, uh, which I'm sure he counted as even more important. But he saw, as an Olympian, the need and the opportunity to glorify God. And I, I from what I can tell, Sidney McLaughlin has a similar heart, and I just wanted to share that with you today. All right, well, now on a more serious note, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the new uh, Biden approach to dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. President Joe Biden is continuing to ask Americans to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. One proposal unveiled this week would involve making that pitch on a door-to-door basis, but some lawmakers think this hits too close to home and may be an infringement on privacy and other civil rights. Capitol Hill correspondent Eric Rosales reports. If President Biden gets his way, healthcare workers may soon be knocking on your door asking you to roll up your sleeve and get vaccinated. It's part of a new grassroots effort to make the COVID-19 vaccine more accessible. We're sending out more mobile clinic more, more mobile clinic units out there to help people with, at special events, summer festivals, sporting events, as well as places of worship wherever we can find people gathered. The president warns that the new Delta variant is contributing to a rise in cases and endangering lives, but some Republican lawmakers say not so fast. There's a reason people um, 
you know, have these constitutional protections on privacy. And healthcare privacy is among the most protected uh, forms of privacy in America. Republican Congressman Warren Davidson wonders if the Biden administration has other motives, such as compiling a list of who is not vaccinated. There are proposals to severely restrict the freedom, freedom of movement, uh, for people who aren't vaccinated. He's not alone in speaking out. Texas Representative Dan Crenshaw tweeted, quote, how about don't knock on my door? You're not my parents. You're the government. Make the vaccine available and let people be free to choose. Why is that concept so hard for the left? Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert tweeted, quote, the government now wants to go door to door to convince you to get an optional vaccine. Responding to GOP criticism, Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra told CNN, the government has the right to know who is and who is not vaccinated. The federal government has had to spend trillions of dollars to try to keep Americans alive during this pandemic. So it is absolutely the government's business. It is taxpayers' business if we have to continue to spend money to try to keep people from contracting COVID. Javier Becerra later clarified his statement with a tweet saying, quote, the government has no database to track who is vaccinated. At the Capitol, Eric Rosales, EWTN News Nightly. I have a couple of things to say about this as well. The first thing I'm going to say is, I know I've mentioned this before on my podcast. I think I came to you several weeks ago and said that I felt like people on both sides of this vaccine debate were being unfair to one another. I don't think anyone should be forced to get a vaccine. But I I was here to tell you that I think that those who are anti this vaccine have been too hard on those who have chosen to get it. I have maintained that I do not see a problem with you choosing to get the vaccine. But I do think that this is a matter of personal choice. And what's what's funny to me is that the left often talks about personal choice. They say, my body, my choice. They say, don't dictate what I do with my body. And yet at the same time, when it comes to something like this, they want to do anything they can to dictate to us that we should get the vaccine without actually dictating it so far. Anybody that doesn't know about the COVID vaccine and the benefits or the problems thereof, it's because they're under a rock. I can't watch TV. I can't log on to the internet on my computer. I can't watch any of my streaming services without seeing some ad or another about the COVID-19 vaccine. Again, I am saying freely that if you feel that you should get the vaccine, I don't think that it is my place to tell you not to get it. But I also don't think it's your place to tell somebody else that they need to get it. I think this is a matter of personal choice. And I think it's very scary to think about the fact that the government is willing to go door to door to reach the thresholds that they want to reach. It's worth noting here that even though the 
overall vaccination rate is somewhere around, I think, 60 to 65 percent. And Biden's goal by the 4th of July was 70. It's worth noting that the rate among those who are most vulnerable, meaning like the elderly and people with high comorbidities, is more along the lines of 78% than the national average of 60 to 65. So in that respect, we've met the threshold. Because throughout this whole time, Nobody that I know has ever said that COVID isn't dangerous and shouldn't be taken seriously. I know I've said this before, but the thing that frustrates me the most about this whole thing is that we have this attitude that because we don't want to be dictated to, because we we want to have freedom, it means we don't take COVID seriously. I definitely take COVID seriously. I take my vitamins every day. My mom makes sure I eat healthy. And I'm all about building your immunity to be healthy. And I think that personal nutrition is something that should have been emphasized a long time ago in this fight against COVID. As I said earlier, we are tackling the second of the five solas today on the podcast, and that is sola fide, or faith alone. Remember last week we talked about scripture alone and how how important it is to the Christian faith to realize that scripture was inspired by God and given to us for our good so that we can be complete in him and lacking nothing. And that scripture tells us, along with others that we studied last week, how important it is to place our hope and confidence in the scriptures alone and not to add or take away from them. And today... We are talking about faith alone. You know, there's a lot of uh, different philosophies about how we get to heaven, and many of them are works-based. This idea that if I do enough good, I will end up in heaven, and God will bless me. And that is not a doctrinally correct belief. Do works have their place? Certainly, and we will be digging into that, but faith is the key to salvation. Works is an outgrowth of that faith. And as I said, we will dig into that further, but first I want to start with our quote of the day. Our quote of the day comes straight out of the Word of God, 
Paul's letter to the book of Galatians, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we may be justified by the faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. And that is Galatians 2.16. And I know I say this a lot, but it, it bears repeating every single time, I think. And that is that God always speaks in the definitive article. He doesn't say some people will be justified by the works of the law. He doesn't say some works lead to justification. He says, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. We cannot be justified by works. It's impossible. It's not just difficult, it's impossible. Think about your life and think about all the good things that you have done and then think about all the bad things that you have done. How would you ever know that you did enough good to get into heaven if goodness was what got you there? That's a very serious question that I hope you will consider as we go through this topic. The first point that I want to make on this journey of talking about faith alone is faith is counted to us as righteousness. And this one actually comes out of the Old Testament. A lot of times we like to split the Old Testament into the law and the New Testament into grace. And surely that is true. But we see the grace of God all throughout the Old Testament. Because as James will tell us in the New Testament, if you are guilty of offending in one point, you are guilty of all. And yet God has compassion and mercy on flawed individuals all throughout the Old Testament and uses them and says of David, for instance, after all of his fears and failures, Jesus himself says of David that he was a man after my own heart who will do all my will. That is God's assessment of David after all the things that he did wrong. So what God is looking for is not perfection. He is looking for surrender. And I love that about God because I, my friends, am far from perfect. And Abraham did a lot of good things for God. He was obedient to God. When God said to Abraham, get out of your country and from your kindred and go on to a land which I will show you, he did that. We don't see him hesitating in the scripture. He obeyed. And yet, what does it say ultimately led to his righteousness? He believed God. Stop and think about that that for a second. All the righteous things that you could think to do for God, and I'm not saying they're wrong, because as we will discuss in a few minutes, works are very important. 
but with all the wonderful things that he did, all the faith that he displayed, the thing that was counted to him as righteousness was believing God. So if I can encourage you in one thing today, if you don't, if you only get one thing from this podcast, I hope that it will be that your claim to righteousness comes from believing God. All right. The next point that I want to bring out is faith brings us from death to life. John 5.24 Verily I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. And I want to share a couple different aspects or a couple different points about this passage. The first thing I want to say is that us having eternal life happens immediately because of our belief in Him. It's not this process whereby we have to become good enough for him because he is the one that makes us good enough. And then the second thing is I just want to talk about the contrast between life and death. You know, a lot of times people will say this trite um, thing that deep down we're all good people. It's, It's something that Perhaps even we as Christians can catch ourselves saying. And usually it's well-intentioned. There are a lot of kind people who are not believers in Jesus Christ. But the ultimate reality is that we are not good people. And we are in fact dead. The Bible says we are dead in our trespasses and sins. But when we believe God for our righteousness, we are in fact passed from death to life. We were dead. We had no hope. There was no power in us. Romans 5 puts it this way, while we were yet without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. So there's nothing good in us that makes us worthy, but he through our belief in him, brings us from death to life. The third aspect is faith gives us peace. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I I hear this often in popular culture when people jump on their social media platforms of one type or another, or they get asked in a Miss America pageant or something like that, what is it that you most desire to contribute to? What what do you most want to uh, accomplish? And a lot of times people will say, "I, my prayer is for world peace. Even in the movie Groundhog Day, this is brought up that they like to, one of the characters says, I want to drink to world peace. But the reality is that we can't have 
world peace without having peace with our Lord Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, he's called the Prince of Peace. And one of the reasons why we have unrest in our world, one of the reasons why we don't have peace as a society is because we look everywhere else but up to God. Okay, so now we're going to talk a little bit about works because sometimes when you say it, it's faith alone, people get skittish because they're like, what about the the works? You know, isn't good works a good thing? And the reality is, yes, it is. Because sometimes we go too far the other way. We just say, well, I, I prayed a prayer once, and so I, I'm saved. But Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruits. And he said in Ephesians chapter 2 that we were before ordained to walk in good works which God had planned for us. So good works are very important. And the main passage that I want to talk to you along those lines about is James four seventeen to 18. Even so faith, if it had not works, is dead, being alone. Yet a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my, thee my faith by my works. So notice this. He says, without works, faith is dead. And I think this is so important, because if we are born again by the Spirit of God, we will do good works. We'll be compelled to do good works. The Bible says to do good unto all men, especially those who are of the household of faith. As I said earlier, there's nothing good in me apart from the Spirit of God. So when the Spirit of God comes upon a person at salvation, they then have the power and the desire to do what they ought to do, which involves good works that God ordained for them to do. It's such an exciting thing to realize how hand-in-hand those things were. And it's not like, because I think a lot of times we, we picture it as, oh, now that I'm saved, I have to make sure that I do good works. There is an element of that, but I think the overarching idea is that it will be an outgrowth, that it will be a natural thing, that good works will pour out of you if you have Jesus in you. The Bible says that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it will be done unto you. Why is that? It's not because I will get my Ferrari because I'm abiding in him. It's because he will tell me what to pray for. He will show me the prayers that need to be answered. He will show me how to approach life. And he will honor those requests which line up with him. The same concept with delight yourself is also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Why does He do that? Because He changes your desires into desires that are godly. So, if you have a genuine faith in the Lord Jesus, one way that manifests itself is through doing good works. And I want to encourage you to show your faith by your works. Remember, Jesus said, "Let your light so shine before men that they may." See your good works and glorify your Father 
which is in heaven. Why do we do, do good works? Not to draw attention to ourselves, but to draw attention to God the Father. And so my prayer for you is that you would have that kind of faith. And and my, that's also my prayer for myself. One thing I want to assure you of when I'm doing this podcast, I do this podcast on things that I am convicted about. And it's for me as well as for you. It's not just a condemnation of others. It's a reminder to myself. And then the final thing is salvation by works makes the cross irrelevant. And this is a big one to me. Because Jesus died on the cross so that we could be saved. If it was possible for me to do enough works to be saved, then Jesus would not have had to suffer the horrific death of the physical agony that he suffered, and not only the physical agony, but the separation from God that occurred at that time. The Bible says in Galatians 2.21, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So Paul is saying, Christ died for me, he died for you, But if works could save, if the law could save, then he died in vain. In 1 Corinthians, we read that if Christ be not risen, our living is in vain. Our faith is in vain. We have no hope. But because Christ is indeed risen, we will also rise. Because Christ is indeed risen, He finishes the chapter of 1 Corinthians 15 by saying, Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, that you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The only way to write something that confident is to know that Jesus Christ is risen. There are plenty of religions whose leaders are buried in, in cemeteries. But only one has an empty tomb as a testimony to the fact that he is no longer dead. He is risen just as he said. So my prayer for you is that you will be a right divider of the word of truth, that you will realize that faith alone is what is necessary to have salvation, that the good works that you do will come out of that faith because when we have faith in Jesus and he indwells us by the Holy Spirit of God, we can't help but do good works on his behalf. I hope that you have a wonderful week and that as always, you keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 